0: Hey guys, it's me. Uh, just want to give you a quick update and l- give a little bit of explanation as far as the episode here goes. Um, you're going to hear some beeps and some censorship tones here, uh, and that is due to the fact that one of the people we're talking about in the story is no longer with us. Um, that individual was Navajo, and in respect, uh, part of the Navajo tradition is that it is uh, taboo to speak the name of a dead person, so we are trying to be as respectful as possible so out of respect for that individual and our fallen comrade we are going to bleep her name out uh just want to give you guys a quick explanation all right thanks a lot enjoy the episode <laughs>
1: Stephen Clark with Geek Elite Media, thank you for doing this. In my early teens, my family lived in a house that we rented for several years. Uh, unfortunately, the house sold and we found ourselves having to move pretty suddenly. My parents were able to find a house that fit our budget, but money was still tight and we couldn't afford a moving truck for everything that we had. We ended up moving with the help of a family friend with the truck and the small car that we had. It would take a little bit longer, but that's what my parents chose to do. After finishing up the first day of bringing things over in this piecemeal way, we were split between the two houses, and my parents had me stay in the new house to kind of look after what was there in this new neighborhood we didn't know, like a 12 or 13 year old would stop any burglars. I put on whatever Warp Tour compilation CD I had and played my Sega on the 13 inch TV. I ended up falling asleep on my bed pretty early, like any other night. Around 2am, I woke up suddenly. Everything felt wrong, and I knew that I had to look to my right, towards the door of my room. I saw a figure standing there, still, the shape of a person, but filled with the kind of distortion that you see coming off of a hot car in an Arizona summer. As soon as I took them in, it was like I was pulled into the direction, a corner of my room. I saw the shape there, at the same time standing in place, but knowing that they were reaching towards me. I felt cold and frozen in place, wanting to yell or scream, run from the room, but couldn't move at all. The sound of radios tuning and static blared in my mind. A thousand telephones in a busy office, all ringing off the hook. The being continued to reach towards me, and just as it was about to touch me, it disappeared. It was over. I turned the TV back on and managed to get back to sleep sometime much later that morning. The next day, I told my parents about the experience, and they suggested all the things church-going people might suggest. But I felt foolish for thinking it was anything but a dream, or, I would learn years later, sleep paralysis. But, when our dogs were brought over to the new house, one of them immediately began barking and growling at that very corner of my room. Dream or not, I knew this presence hated electronics, and I loaded that corner up with every electronic thing I owned. Computers, music equipment, anything else I can get my hands on. Whether this did anything? I don't know. I never had another experience in that house for the rest of the time that we lived there. This all shaped my entire theory about what ghosts are and the reason behind the similarities between so many ghost stories. But that story and the experience with our next house, the site of one of the most well-known murders in our small town, are for another day.
0: Welcome, everybody, to the uh, Geek Network holiday special here. Uh, we're celebrating Halloween, and we have some more people here to share their personal ghost stories. Now, these are two people that I have known for a very long time, very near and dear to my heart. Uh, let's go ahead and start with introductions. So we have uh, Carlos. Carlos, introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are, what you do.
2: Hi, uh, my name is Carlos. I, uh, I used to be a cook. Now I'm a librarian. Uh, I live in, I don't know in the rocky region i don't want to tell people where i live
0: huh yeah well you know you're gonna get a lot of fans at this you could probably get a lot of uh you know racy uh, photographs from men and women alike so you know <laughs> whatever you want it's up to you man uh, no pressure
2: all right uh yeah so i reside in colorado and i'm a librarian
0: uh yeah awesome awesome and we have marisa, marisa introduce yourself
3: sure my name is marisa i'm a professor um, and I live in the Phoenix area, and I have known Tom for almost—I think it's like over twenty years now. Yeah, oh, since and ninety-seven. Sh- yeah, since ninety-seven. I should mention that I've known Carlos like my whole life because he's my brother. <laughs>
2: yeah, like we first met
0: in nineteen eighty-one, right? <laughs> and uh, been no, other friends. for a little bit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> We've done a few collaborations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh get together a lot of times on the holidays. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's I'm, I'm glad your friendships held up this long. <laughs> All right. So what we're doing here people is we are sharing more of our true life ghost stories that we've experienced here. Uh, since you two are the guests, which one of you would like to go first?
3: Well, um, I don't know. It's a, I, I, Carlos, I kind of like your story cause it, I think it happened when uh, the story that I'm telling comes from when I was like about 19 or 20 years old. And mm-hmm. I think the story that you're telling comes from an earlier time in your life, I think. So I, I feel like you, you should go first.
2: Okay. Um, so in 1999, I had just graduated from high school. And um, actually, for, to set the scene,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, we grew up in what was then an agricultural community. So we grew up about a mile from the Rio Grande uh, maybe a little more, a mile and a half. And uh, my good friend lived in a house uh, behind us. So like his plot of land was behind our plot of land. And usually it was like a three minute walk through, um, you know, cotton fields or whatever to get to his house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just to tell you where we were. Like we grew up kind of in the sticks. So it was 1999 and I had just graduated from high school. So me and my friends were, you know, we were happy and we were celebrating. Uh, some of us were going to go to school there in Las Cruces, some of us were not going to go to school and some of us were going to move away forever, you know, that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so we spent three days at my friend Aaron's house just hanging out, having pretty good clean fun, like -hmm. the first night we went and saw Blair Witch because that was a thing then, Uh, the second night we just stayed up late and ate pizza and by the third night we were just watching movies and having like popcorn and candy and I was getting pretty tired of not sleeping in my own bed, like (laughs) (laughs) it was time to go home um so I uh left everyone. It was probably like about eleven at night. Everyone was kind of getting conked out, and I just said, like, it's time for me to go home. I'll see you all later. Uh and I left the house to walk home. And as soon as I walked outside, I could kind of hear and smell that they had decided to irrigate the fields behind our houses. So that two or three minute walk got a lot longer because I couldn't cut through it without getting trapped in the mud. Mm-hmm. So I had to walk up to the main road uh from Aaron's house, take a left and then go back down the dirt road to our house. So three short roads. Uh and that was probably about three quarter mile to our house. So um, you know, I got to walk Uh there was no moon out. It was real dark and I was by myself. Um, but it's kinda have to be going home. I got to the end of my friend's road and then took a left to start going back towards my house. Um and that road that I was walking on happened to be paved so I could uh you know just walking along all of a sudden I could hear someone walking behind me and we were pretty far from the little um like uh plaza from the town we were in so there's really no reason for anyone to be out there but I figured maybe since they were watering that it could be like an agricultural worker or something like that Mm -hmm. uh so I just kept Walking along, and I was wearing a pair of sneakers, um, so I was pretty sure it wasn't, you know, my footsteps echoing or anything, because it sounded like somebody walking behind me in like Western boots, like you know heels clicking on the ground. Right. Um. So I kept walking towards my house, and there's no lights out there except for one floodlight near some stables. Um. So I waited till I got there because it was starting to creep me out. And I walked underneath this one floodlight. And then as soon as I was on the other side of it, I turned around and started walking backwards because the heels had been like the heel clicks had been getting closer and closer. So I figured whoever it was was like, gaining on me. So if I walked backwards, like I'd see them come through the light. So I kept walking backwards and I could hear the heels clicking, like coming through where I thought they should have been. Mm -hmm. But I saw nothing, uh, which, you know, scared the hell out of me. Um, So it was only a few more feet from there till we got to the end of our road, which was a dirt road. Like, you know, gravelly. It's a gravel road. On one side, there are con orchards. And on the other, there is a field of cotton, uh, not cotton, sorry, corn growing. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started walking down the gravel road and I could hear my heels like crunching in the gravel. While that was happening, I could still hear the boots clicking on the pavement behind me and a couple steps in and all of a sudden like the sound of my footsteps overshadowed the sound of whatever was following me, uh, which made me more uncomfortable. So I took a jump to the left and started walking in the kind of the earth by the field in the cornfield. Um, and at that point my feet stopped making any noise because it was soft ground. And I took about three or four steps and whatever was following was still crunching on the gravel. Um, you know, and that really scared me. And at that point down at the end of our road, I could hear our dogs, which are country dogs that usually like had rushed out to find whoever was out walking at night. Like they knew where my friend lived. And as soon as they heard his door close, they'd run and greet me. I could hear them just baying and howling at our property line. So I took off running and, uh, the heels stopped and at that point for every like five or six steps that I took, I could hear something really big, like leaping through the cornfield, like keeping pace with me. And um, the closer I got to my house, the closer it seemed to be getting parallel to me. And I could hear my dogs barking louder and louder, but still they wouldn't leave that property line and they wouldn't enter the field, which was real strange for them. So like it was coming and I was running and it was jumping uh, and it's getting louder and closer. So as soon as I hit our property line, I just, you know, bolted straight for the front door, opened it. My dogs like crowded around me and like escorted me to the front door. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we're just like barking and growling and I locked the door and ran to bed. Um, So yeah, that's the thing out there. Um, I've been thinking about it for 20 years now uh, and no one seems to want to hang around outside my parents' house anymore.
0: (laughs) That's and I've true. actually hung out around that area too because I've, I've been to your parents' house. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a creepy spot. Yeah, man.
2: It's terrifying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, that, did you ever experience it again? Or was that, that the only time you ever uh, experienced that? Or was that the last time you ever walked home in the dark?
2: Um, so, like, like I said, I had been at my friend's house like we had been wandering those fields and walking around in that neighborhood, um, you know, since we were probably like eight or nine years old right. and at night it felt like there were certain routes you didn't want to take. Cause like we we're, you know, grew up in the sticks and there's nothing else to do. This was free, mm-hmm. free internet for the most part. Kids didn't have cell phones. So like we would just wander around at night with my dogs. Um, like there were places like that you instinctually didn't go uh, but before that, that was like the most we got, like a creepy feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but later on, and after my sister tells her story, I have some more encounters that aren't mine, yeah. but other folks who had come out to the house uh, would share their stories about something being out there.
0: Awesome. So yeah. then do you think it was some type of, you know, mundane thing, like, you know, just a... Uh, redneck and cowboy boots, uh, stalking a lonely Mexican boy on the road, or do you think it was something else?
2: Uh, we'll get to that because like, okay. other people, it, it, it's hard to have a conversation about a ghost because, you know, everyone wants to say like, well, I wish I saw a ghost, but the fact is nobody saw it, but everyone experienced yeah. it. Uh, cool. and I think if it was a person, you know, the dogs would have had no problem going out there. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's what they did. Like, they were always prowling at night. We never locked them up. Like, none of our dogs had ever been walked on a leash, like, ever in their life. Um, I can attest to that. Yeah, yeah, they were (laughs) field dogs who took joy in, you know, hunting, eating, and essentially protecting what they thought was their plot of land. So, Mm. we didn't have living skunks around the house, (laughs) lots of dead ones. Uh, We didn't have foxes. We didn't have anything like that. No rabbits, Mm. because our dogs were be out there at night. So whatever it was, like it managed to scare them back into their own, own property, which is pretty, pretty rare.
3: Hmm.
0: Awesome, man. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And, uh, Marisa, would you like to go next?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I do hope, you know, after this, we can talk about the other encounters. Cause yeah, for sure. Other people in our family and family friends, people close to us have experienced, um, kind of you know what my brother's talking about but yeah the story i wanted to share actually was probably also from 1999 but i was in a a different city i was a good year it's a good year
0: it's a good year it's a
3: good year it's a good year fine a fine year for hauntings right Um, right i was i was living in tucson and Mm -hmm. um i was living in a house on it was the it was my the first time i i had a roommate. and we, the two of us, were living in a house uh, off of um, Glen Street in Tucson.
0: Was that the house so, you shared with Janae?
3: Yeah, not Janae, okay. with, um, with...
0: Right, yes. right, right. Okay, yes, yes, yes. okay. <laughs> yes,
3: so that was the house exactly. So that's right, Tom. I'm going to share mm-hmm. the story about that house. So I remember that house. Yeah, so um, when we first moved in, I mean, we were really excited because, you know, it was kind of like we finally had our own space to hang out. And to be with our friends and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, we were there and um, I think it was like pr- probably pretty early, you know, um, into the time that we were living there, we started noticing some kind of bizarre stuff. So mm-hmm. for one, my mother had given us this uh, rocking chair and um, it doesn't, it's it's kind of like, it's pretty a heavy, it's pretty heavy rocking chair. It's not one that moves on its own. It's not like... Um, one of those sort of delicate, spindly-looking ones. It looks like yeah, an arm, yeah. It looks like an armchair.
0: I remember and, that the rocking chair. Yeah, because it was pretty pretty hefty to move around.
3: Exactly, it was heavy, yeah. and so but that thing, you know, the rocking chair. It was in the corner of the living room, and it would just it was um it would just start um, rocking on its own, mm-hmm. and it was underneath the air conditioning vent, mm-hmm. and so I thought, well, maybe it's the air is causing it to move, except that you know it was rocking really vigorously. You know, it wasn't just kind of like a you know, like a, a rug might blow in a breeze, you know, uh, from right, a fan, right. a, a living room fan or something. It was rocking. Mm-hmm. It would rock vigorously. But, you know, I was at that point in my life just sort of excited to be out on my own. You know, um, uh, our my roommate also, she was just You know, this was like, they were from Page, Arizona. She and her friends were from up north. And so it was like pretty Mm -hmm. cool to live in the big city. You know, we were all Mm -hmm. college students and just trying to, we were working really hard, studying really hard, partying really hard. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah, we were. Yes, we were. So that's part of the kind of part of what might be the impetus for what happened. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. Uh, all I know is that, um, one day was asking me, you know, um, uh, if I was waking up a lot in the night and mm-hmm. I was like, no, not really, you know, and uh, she was constantly waking up, being woken up at about three 33 AM. She'd wake up and look at her clock, her, her digital clock. And it would say mm-hmm. three thirty-three, you know, AM. And right. it was really freaking her out. And I just told her, you know, maybe you're, um, maybe you're kind of like, kind of like, Burning the candle at both ends. Like maybe you should rest and stay in because she, she and her friends were like really partying a lot in those days, you know, mm-hmm. and which I think is typical for that age. But um, you know, and yeah. So anyway, it was, it was that was that, but it was in the, the back of my mind, right? Um, there was, I think, when it got really started, things got started getting really scary. Though was that there was a, a feeling that there was somebody always in the house and nobody, including us. We didn't want to be there by ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. I, if I knew that my roommate was home, it was fine, you know, but, um, yeah, nobody wanted to be in the home by themselves. Um, so one day I was there with, um, Henry, my, my ex-boyfriend, Henry, who both of you remember well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we were laying in my bed and I had my bed pushed up against one of the windows in the, and the window was open. And we were talking, we were telling stories about the devil. <laughs> we were telling stories about, <laughs> I know, it was, we were telling stories about, you know, how our families told us what the devil looked like. Right. And I told him that, you know, growing up, I often heard from my mom's family who are, um, they live in the, um, Basque community in Tucson, Arizona. You know, mm-hmm. our family is Yaqui and, and Mexican. So we're, we're native too, right? And mm-hmm. they would, t- they would tell us, you know, my mom's relatives would say, "Well, I saw the devil one time, and he was a white man with blue eyes and goat the feet of a goat." You know, mm-hmm. or they would say, "I saw him, and he was in the mesquite bosque," you know, like in the forest or whatever mm-hmm. of mesquite trees. And so I was just—we were talking about that, right? And um, and I had the window open. I just got this distinct feeling that somebody was listening. You know, that there was like somebody in our yard who was listening. And I sort of got the shivers, got a little freaked out, and closed the window, and we, we went to sleep. And mm-hmm. a little bit after that, probably I would say a couple weeks, you know, the feelings intensified, you know, slowly. But a couple weeks later, I was laying in bed, and once again I had the window open, like letting in the cool night air. And I, um, I woke up. I was fast asleep. I woke up because there was something stuck in my hair, and it was alive. And I freaked out. I woke up screaming because there was like, I was like, there is a mouse stuck in my hair or there is like a, a bat or something mm-hmm. stuck in my hair. And I'm freaking out because I can feel this like warm living thing, like s- scrambling against my scalp and everything tangled, tangled up in my hair. And I'm like reaching, struggling for the, nap, the lamp. And I had one of those round table lamps that's kind of mm-hmm. like not really stable. So it's like falling off. All- the place because of the round base while I'm trying to turn it on and I turn it on and it was my own hand my hand my fingers were completely tangled and wrapped up in my hair which has never happened to me ever in my entire life and it was terrifying (laughs) it was so scary they were wrapped so tight in my hair that I couldn't pull my hand away from my head I had to like sit up and pull like untangle and pull out my fingers away from my hair. And mm-hmm. it was awful because the whole time I was doing that I'm trying to like regulate my breathing, but I felt like there was somebody at the foot of my bed just staring mm-hmm. at me. And that night I just stayed there with the lamp on, like willing myself to be calm and eventually fell asleep again. But after that I started to just realize no there is something in this house and my roommate, she did start telling me that more things were happening to her that were making her feel really uncomfortable. And we had, this is when we had another friend, um, Janae. She needed a place to stay for about a week, I think. So she stayed mm-hmm. with us. And, and one, one day she told me that she got really scared of the night because she was there by herself sleeping on the couch. And there, she woke up and there was a man staring at her you know, as she was sleeping. Mm -hmm. Um, but she knew that was, there was no man in the house, you know, it was, that was what she felt. So anyway, after this, um, yeah, I, you know, I started getting really, uh, freaked out and started, you know, asking all kinds of people, like, how do we get rid of this thing? You know? And Mm -hmm. my, um, you know, my relatives told me different things. They were, they said, put holy water, put candles, you know, pray, um, say your Catholic prayers, uh, pray to St. Michael Archangel, put put up images of St. Michael Archangel, um, say the the our father prayer, you know, because it, it talks about um, ridding oneself of the temptation to evil, you mm-hmm. know. And then um, and then my our family, who's also tribal, who's also native, we're like, pray to your relatives, ask your grandparents who are deceased, ask them for help you know, or, or um, they would, they were saying things like, well, you need to burn, you need to burn some sage, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, there are all kinds of like, we had, we had, uh, there was a bunch of us who were hanging out at the time who were Mexican, Chicanos, you know, um, Yaquis, Pueblos, Navajos. It was like Mm -hmm. a bunch of people, a bunch of friends from different (laughs) tribes. Everybody (laughs) was offering their different solutions. And
1: Uh ultimately
3: one night I just got really angry because um, Henry and I had a bunch of friends were out partying and Henry and I were out there with them and we decided to leave the party a little bit early because people were getting really, really, really drunk and I I was just never really comfortable with that scene. But mm-hmm. we came back to the apartment and um, as soon as we walked in the house, it was like that rocking chair just started rocking vigorously and it was the winter so there was no AC on, there was no, you know, there was no fan on, nothing. That Chair in the corner was rocking vigorously. And Henry got the chills. He got really creeped out and he's like, I don't think we should be here. And I said, I think you're right. I think it doesn't like you. You know, like it, it mm-hmm. maybe there was something about how he, him being there um, was distracting and whatever this creature was could not get our attention if we were right. there with other people. Like it liked us to be alone and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So we left, you know, but after that, I was pretty much determined, like, I'm going to get this thing out and I don't care, <laughs> I don't care how, <laughs> how. but one night, right. I think the way that it resolved for me was like, I just decided we can't live here anymore. You know, this is terrifying and we can't live here anymore. And, um, I, I brought it up with my roommate and we just sort of agreed about that, you know, um, that we had to find another place to live and not renew the lease, um, And so she ended up finding a place to live, and I ended up finding a different place to live. But before that happened, I had this nightmare one night that um, I thought I was talking to my roommate, but it wasn't really her. It was like somebody was wearing her skin. And I don't know if any of your listeners are familiar with the concept of the skinnies. I don't even want to say the word, what they are, the skinnies. I know what you
0: are. Yeah, I know what you're talking (laughs) about. We don't don't say the name around here. don't say the name.
3: (laughs) Don't say the name. But- um, Up north, like for a lot of tribal people, a lot of native people, the skinnies mm. is kind of like a shorthand term for like these. uh, uh Essentially, they're kind of like witches who wear can wear a, per, a, a skin, a human mm. skin, sort of. Yeah. And so that freaked me out because I I had heard about that you know from different friends, but I hadn't particularly thought I would ever experience it. But I and I don't even so I'm not even saying that this what this is what it was, but it occurred right. to me in this nightmare, and. And I freaked out that here was this, you know, somebody who's in my dream. I think I'm talking to my roommate, but it's not. Mm. You know, it's somebody who's wearing her skin, and that scared me. It was like it was almost like, um, uh, like as if there was a, a somebody puts a bag over their face and talks to you through that face, and you're supposed mm. to respond to that. You know, <laughs> right, like right, right. The, the features are sagging, the eyes are a little mm. bit hollow, that kind of thing. Um, and then um, the creature in order to intimidate me, showed me a weaving. It's sort of like, um, an embroidery that mm-hmm. I had forgotten about. So my grandmother had actually, my mother's mother had actually passed away a few years before this, um, encounter when I was about 15 years old, by four years before this. Mm-hmm. One of the things in distant memory that I remember that she had was, um, so our tribe practices a particular style of embroidery, um, Uh, with flowers and lace. And um, it's just a very beautiful, simple style on white cotton usually. But she had um, an item like that, like a decorative, like a kind of like for the tabletop type thing. And I, I guess I just, I mean, that was, I probably saw it when I was a very small child and just sort of, it's buried in memory. This creature showed me this thing. And in my nightmare, I got really angry at that point and extremely defensive and protective and in my nightmare, mm-hmm. I basically went up to whatever this creature was who revealed itself to be a man, and obviously not my roommate, and, um, and I told him, you can do nothing to me and my family. You do not know who we are, what our people have endured, how our people have survived, and we are spiritually stronger than you, and they are standing with me, and you will not hurt anybody who comes into this house who I love. And, and the creature was just alarmed, like surprised that I wasn't scared that I was like, actually really angry and, and just kind of ready to attack. And, um, and I kind of went after him. I was like, Look, I can hit you with Catholic prayers. I can hit you with this medicine. I can. Hit you. With that. I was just like wilding out spiritual wilding out. Right. <laughs> and just then- clapping
0: your hands as you talk in <laughs> every syllable
3: exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly but i was really offended it was like i was just be i wasn't i wasn't yeah it was like a, i was like i was disrespected and i felt like i needed to set this thing right yeah fuck that but guy pretty much and so um but after that you know we just left you know i don't i don't believe that we ever effectively um cleanse that property mm-hmm. so to speak i we just we just left and I mean there's there's more to the story it never really ended in the sense that you know my my roommate and some of her friends still experienced some really awful paranormal things you know in the in the years after that mm-hmm. required their own particular types of cleansings and their own healing ceremonies and but um but yeah I mean that was the story of the house on off of Glen Street in Tucson and to this day you know whenever I stay in Tucson in that whole neighborhood I'm in the whole in the whole area that's kind of like North of the university, all the way mm-hmm. up to I would say, um, uh, like, uh, uh out, out past, Cam- out east past, Cam- just a bit past Campbell, mm-hmm. and then north up to like the Tucson Mall area and everything. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that area historically I found out later in the life was the site, um, ne- very near the site of the Camp Grant Massacre, which was, no. um, yeah, it was it was a bunch of the wealthy Tucson families. So like a lot of these names that are famous in Tucson, like Drockman and whatever, right. um, they had actually conspired to slaughter um, a, quite a few Apache families and um, mm-hmm. men, women, children, elders, you know, and, and to seize their land so they could settle it. And so I I strongly believe that a lot of that area, the hauntings that are there are related to that colonial violence. You know, so I'm still really wary no whenever. I, yes, I'm yeah. still so wary whenever I stay in Tucson. You know about mm-hmm. especially like Airbnb type situations. You know, not to <laughs> not to hate on Airbnb, but if you're sensitive like me, you know, it's like yeah, you have to be yeah. careful. Yeah, but a little <laughs> bit to
0: hate on Airbnb. I mean, come on, someone else yeah. is someone else's the dirty sheets. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I understand why I'm paying thirteen dollars a day to stay here. I, I get it.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, dirty was, sheets, somebody else's sheets, and uh, yeah. potentially uh, some sort of demonic force. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. That's why I'm paying it just kind of price. If I wanted to avoid all that, I'd stay at the Hyatt for $45 a night. It's fine.
3: <laughs> exactly. And what's funny is, I remember I,
0: I've been to both of these places. I've obviously been to your parents' place. You know, like I said, we've been friends since forever. And I've actually, you know, we've hung out a ton of times at that, you know, house on Glenn. And I specifically remember our Lauren Hill dance party in your bedroom that day. Um, yes. Yes. And yeah, man, I it's I remember you telling me this when it happened and still it's just chilling. So I'm just glad you guys got out of there. And also, you know, uh rest in peace to you know, I'm 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 glad she's uh on to a better place.
3: It's exactly, exactly. I feel like one day we'll meet again and we'll 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 unravel the mysteries of the other side. But I'm sure. for for right now, this is where we're at. <laughs>
0: Right on. So I want to get back into like, uh, the, accom- you know, the accompanying stories that were going on with your parents' place, man. You said that other people had like experienced like similar, uh, things where Carlos felt out there, right?
3: Yeah. Carlos, do you, re- was it your friends or me or our sister's friends who, uh, um... well,
2: so I don't know how much younger is our, our sibling than us. There's like a, it's not an insignificant gap. So, by the time we were graduating and they were starting high school, I think I graduated, I was a senior of the year. My little sister was a freshman in high school. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of a gap. So like the stories like didn't like my little sister would not know about our stories with our friends um, easily, you know? So the fact that they mm-hmm. match up was always kind of creepy. But I remember one time, um, I was probably, I had moved out. I was probably like a sophomore in college and me and a friend of mine uh, who was from Las Cruces drove down and uh, it was uh, the holiday break. So we were both down hanging out in Las Cruces and um, he decided that he was bored. So we went and met up at the Hastings, uh, the big video store in town. And we were trying to just like pick a couple movies because we didn't know what else to do. And uh, he his older brother had decided that the rock was the most beautiful man. Again, this would have been like 2001.
3: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I he wasn't that. wrong,
0: you know?
2: Yeah. So he's <laughs> like, my brother says the rock is like the most perfect man. Uh, his brother was an artist. Like, a. Um, so he's like, so I just think it's really interesting that he's in like, my brother thinks this, but all he does is make these like cheesy movies. So we decided to see how many movies starring the rock we could watch in a row.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, so I think we rented three movies. Um, and went back to my parents' house and, uh, you know, we were just hanging out in the den. We watched one movie, you know, uh drank a beer, watched another movie, like ate some pizza. And then before the third movie, um, my friend was like, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. Um, is it okay if I just go out front? I was like, yeah, no one cares. You know, you're fine. Um, and I stayed inside uh, cause it was winter and it was cold out, but he went out front um, to smoke a cigarette and he said he went, and he had sat down at the end of the concrete driveway, and my dog came and sat next to him. And then he heard something walking towards him, and he had a little keychain flashlight. Um, and he heard something just kind of walking around out in front of him, like just beyond his line of sight. Um, so he turned on this little flashlight because he figured that at that point my little sister would have been like a senior in high school or so. That maybe like her friends were like trying to like scare him or something. But he turned it on and didn't see anything and my dog was just like watching the tree line um from the orchard across the street and kind of like making noises now and then so he said he got creeped out and just like turned his flashlight off and uh you know was trying to finish up his cigarette as fast as he could and then he heard it walk towards him in the gravel and then all of a sudden he heard it start dancing um so he heard something just kind of stomping on the gravel in front of him like kicking and. You know just kicking in the dirt so he turned his little flashlight on again and he said right where it should have been there was just dust rising from the ground in front of him uh so he you know threw his <laughs> threw a cigarette down and ran back inside um uh, and i had just been inside like you know watching the previews for the next movie and he came in and was acting kind of funny and I was like you are right and he's like yeah i think i'm just getting tired can you make sure the doors are locked? And I was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll lock up. Cause um, I figured my sister had a keys or whatever. So I went and locked the door and I came back and he had like, like, you know how like little kids, I like, I'm scared. It's time for bed. Like he yeah. was, like <laughs> completely on the couch, like pretend right. like, like I'm asleep now. Um, and when I woke up the next day, like he left and then didn't tell me about it for probably like four weeks. Like we were back up in albuquerque and we were just hanging out one day and he just said like i gotta tell you this and i don't know what to think um because it was obviously bothering him and he didn't really know what to do about it like how to think about it and like whatever it is it likes playing with people and um like it's not like that ghost is was not my first or last rodeo but mm-hmm. i don't think that it was a person like I lived in a house in Albuquerque that clearly had like what seemed like the ghost of an old man living there. Yeah. Um, he was grumpy. He didn't like it. He didn't like the fact that like I worked nights and not the day. Like during the at night it was quiet, but during the daytime, like it would you know move around the house, like shift things around, open doors, and if you were trying to take a nap or something, it would like huff. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know how, like, like, dogs chuck at you? It was, like, yeah, that evening, yeah. like, following you around the house during the daytime. But whatever was down there in that community was something different. Like, it didn't feel like a person. It just felt, like, malevolence. And, like, it was playing with you. Uh, but that it definitely wasn't a game.
0: Man. So do you guys yeah. ever, like, research to think, like, what it is? Or have you ever experienced it out there, too, Madison? Or...?
3: I have not, but I completely believe my brother and my sister, yeah. and we have an, another brother, I believe him too, whenever they share their experiences, because there's just kind of way too many um, similarities between the stories that they share, you know, um, mm-hmm. in terms of places and um, sensations and, yeah, how they, exp- like, how it makes you feel, you know, Um mm-hmm. So yeah. And so anyway, yeah, it's just, it's, I have not experienced it, but I think that I, um, probably left the house. I probably lived in the house less time than any of my, you know, my, my brothers and sister. So I I don't Mm -hmm. think I was actually there as much as, as many of them. So, so there's that too. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty creepy. I mean, one thing I should mention is like the place where, um, that what we're talking about in, you know, in, in New Mexico is next to, um, a river. It's real. what, what is it like a nine minute walk from the Rio Grande river, you know, which for any, anybody who's listening, who's Chicano mm-hmm. or Mexican American, I mean, you know what that means, right? It's like, that is the land right. of La Llorona. <laughs> that is like, <laughs> that's the place where that those things happen. And, you right. know, and, and the thing is, that's not like, that's not, really far in memory either you know even for historians you try to understand the the deeper like maybe uh folkloric meaning of la llorona i mean the Mm -hmm. river the rio grande or the rio bravo and as it's known in mexico you know is also lots of people drown in that river when they're trying to cross and i mean Mm -hmm. i did grow up definitely like watching mexican news and seeing People drowning. I mean, they just would show that on the news, and it's it's shocking. And um, I do remember. One time, uh, you know, a bunch of my mother, she had purchased a, a van. It was such a cool van. It was called the Good Times Van. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> it was like a Dodge van. It had yep. like this. You remember that? And it was like I remember, make
0: it... <laughs> yeah, driving. I remember sitting in the, in the seat watching your mom drive with her crazy hair, just like cussing at <laughs> other drivers while yeah. she cut them off on the freeway. Yeah,
3: <laughs> uh, that yeah. van
2: had two stereos in it, two separate stereos. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> had a TV. <laughs> yep, yeah. And, yep. and it, van the was back kick ass.
3: Seat, Yeah. And backseat made into a bed. I mean, it was so like when we were kids, like I remember one time we all, along with another like uh, cousin of ours, like we all decided to just camp out and sleep in the van. And we did, you know, and it was fun. But we, my youngest <laughs> brother, he was there. He was only about three or four years old. And yeah. I felt responsible for him because I'm, I'm the oldest, you know. And I woke up in the night because I heard similar to what my brother's describing, like, um, footsteps on the gravel. And I kind of freaked out cause I was like, somebody's out there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I got up and I, um, uh, my youngest brother was asleep in the front seat and I just covered him with a blanket and when I turned back around to crawl back to where I was sleeping, there was a man who was looking in the window and he was shocked. He, I scared him as he was. So he was not a spirit. He was a man. <laughs> he was. I think he was at the time if I go, you know, go back and calculate the years and stuff. It was the era um, before the North American Free Trade Agreement came into effect. And so there were a lot right. of People who were undocumented, Mexican people who were undocumented, mm-hmm. who were crossing the border looking for work in the U.S. because they were they had been displaced essentially, and yeah. um, and they would come through our neighborhood, they'd come through our community, you know, and um, just traveling. And I think that's you know he was just traveling, but he we scared we scared him as much as he scared us. But what the scary part about that was was that he kept on going, you know, like he he's he was just he was a human who was just traveling and he yeah. just kept on walking. Right. I stayed awake because I was like kind of scared and kind of felt like I needed to protect my my family. But um, I heard after that, the sound of somebody digging, like they were digging a, a ditch or something really mm-hmm. close to where we were, like they were digging a, a big hole. And that scared me because I knew nobody was out there digging, but I could hear it. Mm-hmm. And that's not the first time that that happened. I mean, that is the first time that I heard it, but it happened again subsequently at night where I would be out there and I would hear somebody digging in the field, like pretty close to the house. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, you know, those kind of, I don't know, the area is definitely um, a place with a lot of activity. You know, um, I watch oh, yeah. I, I watch these like paranormal shows on TV and I'm like, man, you have no idea. <laughs> I
0: feel like <laughs> the
3: place kind of like where we grew up would probably be comparable to some place like New Orleans or, you know, these like mm. high activity type of areas.
0: Right, right.
3: Yeah,
2: you hear dogs that weren't there chasing you at night, like growling. It's a weird town.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just got a lot of history. A lot of history and a lot of, like, different religious belief systems crashing into each other and a lot of violence, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember my, my uh, grandfather was from the same place there, Masia. Um, so I remember me telling him, like, hey, I have a friend who lives there. Like, it was the happiest day of his life. He's like, oh, he just... Talked about all of the, uh, you know, the things that, you know, he remember growing up out there and, you know, talk, I would tell him about like, you know, your, your parents place and what it was like. He, he just, you know, brought him back to when he was a boy running around the fields and stuff. So he loved that, that area. And I, you know, I've, I've been a few times I've been out there too. I loved it too, but you know, your parents are always very, uh, loving and welcoming. And I remember just, you know, good memories in your house every time I was there. So.
3: Yeah, I know. We don't want to give people the impression that we're just this like totally dark haunted people where, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we had a lot, there was a lot, there is a lot of love in the house and a lot of, um, you know, creativity and energy and light and everything. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, all of us, I dare say everybody in our family knows how to spiritually protect themselves. And I feel like we do Mm -hmm. that on a pretty routine basis.
0: All right. Anything else you guys want to add to that or uh, anything Uh, else you want to throw in there, Carlos, about any other experiences you had out there?
2: Oh, I mean, I don't I don't want to make it sound terrible, but I mean, it is like it's it's beautiful out there. It's I like it. Uh, Don't move there. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, like it was it's it was always amazing to me that like during the daytime, like everyone would be having fun and like it would feel like, you know, such a great place to be. But then, like, when, you know, certain time of night hit, like, nobody wants to be outside. Like, it was never, it was never comfortable. It was very strange.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, right. I I think that's accurate. <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate. Yep.
2: Yeah, like, even, like, with lights and stuff, like, nobody wanted to hang around outside. They always came inside. Like, it was, yeah. it was subtle. Except yeah. when it wasn't. Yeah. Yep. One thing that I've been thinking about lately is um, getting back to, like, Marisa's story, like, whether or not it was ever a person. Mm -hmm. I was like, like, were they boot heels?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what i was thinking, too, when you were talking about them. Like, are they boot heels or, like, claws? Yeah, or (laughs) hooves or, you know, something along those lines. For some reason, like, you know, a spider person jumped in my head. So I pictured this humanoid, many-legged, sharp-tipped spider legs probably clicking on the gravel when you were talking about it for some
3: reason yeah 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 that's that's kind of like one thing i feel like is missing from a lot of the paranormal shows that are on now you know Mm -hmm. is that when you come from a place that's not i mean that's like pre-european you know yeah where there's a lot of different traditions a lot of different belief systems there's also a lot of different monsters and a lot of different Mm -hmm. afterworlds and a lot of different places that people go when they die and and what happens to them when they become there's different kinds of what is natural and what is supernatural you know the lines are just drawn differently and so yeah that for sure that's one thing I've definitely learned over the years is that it's important to just you know when people tell you a scary story you know you're visiting someplace new and they tell you something and I I pay attention because I'm like what's the subtext of what they're telling me you know right <laughs> this right. is a cautionary is tale from? of some kind right. yeah <laughs> they tell me to stay inside you know past midnight like I'm pretty much gonna believe them you know right right I don't exactly. yeah <laughs> yeah because there, there's you know I mean that's that was definitely something that I picked up from that house in Tucson was that mm-hmm. um you know Christian prayers were not going to be enough you know right it was because that's not what was haunt, that 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 was not what was haunting that place you know mm-hmm. so yeah
0: Yep, but don't say their name.
3: Yep, I won't. (laughs) I won't.
0: All right, guys. Well, anything else you guys want to add? Any other uh, thing you want to throw out there then before we uh, get going here?
3: The only thing that I would like to add is that the real kukui is out there right now. <laughs> like there's for, there's for real kukui's out there, right percent the kukui is
0: out there right now.
3: 100% kukui's out there right now. Yeah, you know exactly who the fuck I'm talking you about. You know who we're talking about. <laughs> and so I just want to, you know, express love to to you Tom, to your family. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, and,
0: definitely yours too. You know, I mean, like I said, I've uh, the listeners out there. Me and buddies have known each other since '97. Uh, mass. That's like what 23 years now, going on 24. Something like
3: that. Yeah, we yeah. pretty much kind of like grew up together in some ways. Definitely,
0: definitely. And you know, like I said, I love you and your family. Like they're my own. And you know, I'm just really happy to see you guys are doing good.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and everybody be safe. You know, because yeah, it's like um, there's there's times to be afraid and there's times to, to stand up and act. Right. Right. And, yeah, we got to take down the kukui. and mm-hmm. you know, we we may if we if we can recruit the super the paranormal to help us do that. I mean, maybe that's
0: <laughs> dude. I have been praying. You know how many like you know chickens I've sacrificed over the last six months to try to you know it's <laughs> falling on my bets. Can they <laughs>
3: sacrifice
0: if they come in a bucket? <laughs> right, right. I took the skins off, so it's pretty much a natural chicken.
3: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need to start moving to goats and larger beasts. You uh, know,
0: I, I have a BDS <laughs> sandwich right now, like in my living room that's pretty much goat meat so it's pretty close it's 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 right there it's right there i think if i put two of them together it'll probably work
3: yeah yep for uh, sure yeah
0: but like they're saying you know there's a time to be afraid time to stand up now's the motherfucking time to stand up so don't do nothing do something and uh you know if you don't then you got nobody blame playing yourself you know
3: yeah <laughs> that's right
0: <laughs> All right. Alright guys, well thank you so much. This was a blast. It's been a great yeah, you know, catch up with you guys. I love you guys and uh stay tuned guys, there's more coming.
4: Hey this is uh Eric from the Geekly Media. Alright, so Fred, ghost story, um be- at the house that my parents live in, uh, my w- sister and I swear it was haunted. Um, it was probably a year or two after we, we moved in, so that would have put me around eight. Uh, my sister would have been around 12 or 13, so I was like eight or nine. And uh, one day we just had this, the, the same dream. You know, we didn't know it would come to that, but... You know, it was like a Saturday morning, because I remember waking up super early to, to watch cartoons. And it was, the the dream I had was just this scary old guy that, you know, kept chasing me in my dream. And he would be everywhere that I looked. And then all of a sudden, you know, he came up and, and got me inside the house. And he just had this creepy, kind of no-face type thing. But you could tell he was old. And so, it, you know, freaked me the hell out being eight or nine and so you know I woke up went down the stairs it was a little before eight o'clock so I think it was like seven forty-five or something and I never never used to wake up that early and so um you know woke up was watching cartoons and shit and then my uh my sister came down the stairs not too long after and she you know she's like hey what are you doing you know I'm gonna watch some cartoons with you too because it's just, I had a bad dream and I, I started, I was like, yeah, me too so we started talking about it and she had the exact same dream it was, it was, you know, same creepy ass ghost person that was there and so, you know, that that all in itself is really weird to have the exact same dream as someone else, you know and then other weird things would happen after that um, My sister, she had, uh, you know, some candy wrappers after Halloween, um, in her room. And then in the middle of the night, it sounded like somebody was walking on them and there was nobody there. Stuff in her room would move. Uh, I think it was her TV or something that was on her TV got knocked off and it was like something that was heavy. So you would have had to actually like push it off. So we definitely had some weird stuff happen at that house. Um, not too long, you know, it, it would be kind of sporadic, but things would, would happen. And of course I always had this weird feeling about going into the basement cause you know, basements are always creepy anyway. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was weird. Uh, we never found out if there was anything odd with the house as far as like if somebody died in it or whatever, it was, you know, built in the eighties or something. So I don't think anybody did, but, uh, it was It was certainly weird, that's for sure. So that's our, I guess, ghost story, if you will. It was uh, certainly creepy for a little kid, but, you know, um, didn't harm me, and I'm okay. (laughs) But that's my experience.
0: This has been a Geek Network production.